morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that get us to challenge ourselves, to look at ourselves and our community and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, get us wondering, get us connected. And perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. So today we are going to be exploring art and we'll explore it with a wonderful nonprofit that I have joined and am glad to have joined. It's Art to Change the World, ACW. And this is a diverse nonprofit coalition of change makers employing the arts in service of positive social change. It's a 501c3 organization, and it's overseen by a 10-person board of directors. And today I have the board chair of ACW as my co-host. Welcome, Lael. Lael McDill, thank you for being with me today. Thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. Absolutely. And Lael, thank you so much for uh, spending some time and inviting artists to talk with us today. Yeah, I'm excited. So we're going to have in, we're going to have uh, Katie Palmer join us. She's an abstract painter. In our second segment, uh, we'll have Eric Helgeson, and he's a movie producer, uh, and he's just recently produced Tuscaloosa. In our third segment, we're going to have Wen Wen Manfred. She is a painter that um, does just enchanting um, paintings. So, Lael, huh. tell me about Katie. Ah, well, Katie is, um, she's an abstract artist, and I have known her forever. She, um, I feel like she's been part of the um, Northeast Arts District um, community since, like, the beginning, as far as I can tell. And um, I also know her through WARM, which is the Women's Art Resources of Minnesota, and other organizations. And she's just a go-getter and amazing painter and doer and just a fun person. <laughs> Welcome, Katie. We're glad you're here. Oh, thank you. Katie, I went and took a look at some of um, your websites and your Facebook and Instagram. And on Facebook, I really loved your background that you provided, how in 1987 you were awarded a scholarship to Split Rock Art Program. And you've been studying precepts of life and figurative drawing. And what I love about it is... It, you wrote about how you have to know the rules to break them. And in the process of doing so, catharsis is found. And that you have subject matter that's identified as conversation with the world I live in. And, you know, of course, I love the idea of conversation, doing talk radio. So tell me yep. about that. Tell me about your conversation that you're having and how feminism and your personal circumstance and – just your ongoing attempt to have conversation with the world around you. I, I kind of just feel like art in itself, painting, it's a, like a visual conversation. Um, so, I, you know, I go through the world and I absorb different things. And I use my style of talking back to the world is through these visual images. And... Um, kind of grew up in the 80s and the 90s, and I got influenced through all different kinds of things. Um, and so my color palette kind of reflects those times, and I um, kind of wanted to make art so that people could come to it and 
you know, have a feeling or emotions, not necessarily directing them to a specific thing or, a, you know, an exact statement, but so that they themselves could have their own conversation with it. Um, your art, your colors are very strong and vibrant, and um, I love that. It, 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 they're alluring, I think is another way. Uh, there's one piece when I went to your Facebook page, and would you give your, the Facebook page uh, – while I pick up this this piece that I want to talk about, share is Catherine A. Palmer painting. Is that how the best way for folks to get to your Facebook page? Yep, that is definitely the best way. Perfect. The piece that I just love is it has sort of a rose panel on one side and a deep jade on the other, and it's um, this beautiful woman, her back kneeling and the lines are just so bold and strong and I I found as soon as I saw it that I had a sense of wanting to know her (laughs) I was who is she and um she's strong and yet gentle yeah I was um working with uh uh women's art resources of Minnesota I was part of their their mentorship program I was I got to be a protege for two years and during that time, I kind of got back into doing figurative work, and I hung out over at Florence Hill's studio every Sunday for about two years. And um, those ladies, those images of the women reclining and dancing, they all came from those bodies. And I was just trying to find a little bit more meaning for me personally in work and, you know, not... I, before that, I was doing mainly process work, which was purely abstract, purely color. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to just get a little bit more connection. And so I decided to that I was going to celebrate all women's bodies and all humans' bodies of all different shapes and sizes and kind of have, like, a dance party. Well, it's um, joyous. Then it's some absolutely of, some, joy. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And so some of the uh, the smaller pieces... The pinups, I called them, <laughs> um, were just like, you know, one-off studies of one pose, you know, that I was just playing with different color palettes. Well, these main projects during the pandemic that you've been working on, you've been working with the show gallery in Lower Town. Um, yeah. Tell me about that work. Well, uh, so there was two different things. One was a, um, a set of classes that we got a I believe it was an MRAC grant. Lael, is that correct? Um, I think so. Um, that we uh, were able to develop some classes to work with the patrons of both WARM um, and the uh, show gallery. Um, and the show gallery has where they work with a broad range of artists that have all different kinds of abilities, including, you know, wheelchairs and people that have to create with apparatuses that attach to their head and everything. Um, so what they did was we had originally set to have like art kind of social hours in the gallery, but then when COVID hit, we had to come up with a program to, you know, so that they could do it at their own home and be able to still access the art. And so um, with everything closed, I kind of just went to the hardware store and the (laughs) dollar store and try to figure out, you know, fun classes. And I actually learned a lot in the process because I have been, have done very little virtual 
you know, so filming of myself. Tell tell me some of your aha moments that you had in 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 working in this this new venture. Oh, that particular venture was um, I probably need to practice my uh, you know video monologue personality <laughs> a little bit more. But I definitely had a bunch of fun, and I think I just tried to be as goofy as possible, you know, to try to keep it exciting yet learning. <laughs> I'm kind of a goofball, so that's just me mm-hmm. in general. I do think it does take a while to get used to having a camera on you, and I, I think that yeah. that takes a while. But you mentioned also that you're a very social artist, and and you like you know f- figuring out how to connect during this challenging time. What what's your biggest takeaway? Do you think in terms of working in a pandemic when you can't be social and you've needed to go to Zoom? Are there other things that you've learned that you'd like to share with us? Well, I I just feel like if you want to connect with people, you can. You just have to, um, you know, you just have to figure it out. And, you know, we were doing Zoom and uh, virtual just video uh, on my blog and whatnot. But uh, I think that if there's a will, there's a way. So, you know, if you want to be social with art and connect with people, you can do it. Yes, it's not going to be in person all the time. And if so, it's going to be six feet apart. But, you know, if you really want to make art in a social capacity, you can do it. You just have to take the precaution. And have you felt that you've been able to be able to do your art and sell your art and maintain in a different way? Or have there been some challenges that the pandemic has, has uh, created? For me, I you know, I've always done a two-handed clap, so um, I always been working and mm-hmm. doing art at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so what I've found is that all my volunteering, all my extracurricular art stuff, that, that stuff is what was canceled. Mm-hmm. My actual work art, that was increased this year for some reason for me. Now, I did get a grant through the springboard to help out with Art of World, um, and those kinds of things. But for me personally, I've actually been on the upswing due to all these other projects that were predetermined. Um, and then I have had a couple of commissions here and there come in. What? But, you know, it's I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, the commonality of the situation here or not. Well, I have to say, you've gotten some recognition from one of my favorite actors. I love that you got an honorable mention award from Bill Murray. Yeah, that was very cool. <laughs> Did he say a few words? Um, it was part of the video. Um, uh-huh. I think that he just, uh, he judges the panel of uh-huh. the artists that are submitted, and then they uh, they made a video, and it was a really cool um, artist reception, but it was all virtual, so. Well, Katie, thank you for sharing what you're doing during the pandemic and giving us hope. And when there's a will, there's a way is a, a thought for us to how do we connect socially and how do we keep up what we're doing? And and I think it says a lot that your art has flourished during this time. And so we appreciate you joining us today and, and sharing what you're doing with art. We also want to make sure that folks know um, the best way to connect with you and to learn more about your art. So again, uh, Facebook, it's Catherine A. Palmer Painting. Um, Instagram, it's Paintings at Catherine Palmer. And you're also a blogger, uh, uh, com. And then if you want to email, 
uh, Katie, you can go to kath.a.palmer at gmail.com. Any any other closing comment that you want for us? Uh, just get jiggy. Keep working. <laughs> I love it. Get jiggy. And and my friend Lael, any uh, closing comments you want for our first segment here? Yeah, it's so great to hear from Katie. And our Change the World is so excited to have her as a new member and um, see what you know kind of things she'll bring to the, our organization because I know she will. <laughs> Wonderful. And I think it's a great uh, thing to live by from maybe this point on, not just in the pandemic. Just get jiggy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So stay with us. We'll be right back after a few short commercials, and we'll be talking with Eric Helgeson, who is a producer of an amazing movie, Tuscaloosa. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to talk about ideas that matter. And I'm so glad you've joined the conversation and made the connection. And our topic today is on Art to Change the World. It's a wonderful nonprofit. It's a coalition of change makers who employ the arts in service of positive social change. And I have the board chair of Art to Change the World, Lael McDill, as my co-host. Welcome, Lael. We're so glad you're here today. Hi. Hi. Yeah, good to be here. So tell us a little bit more about Art to Change the World. Yeah, so Art to Change the World is an organization that is just full of a diverse group of people. And when you think it's going to be all artists, it's not. It's even um, scientists and teachers and writers and community organizers. It's really broad and that's what I love about it it's like it's so diverse in like every possible way diverse in age diverse culturally diverse in media and that's what's exciting about the next person we're going to talk to because he's not a painter like you would think you know art you just think painting no he's a producer and um, Eric Helgeson I uh, was at the very beginning of art to change the world he was what we called an expert voice and his um, expertise was accessibility because he's on the um, access committee for the um, Cedar Cultural Center. And we did a really exciting uh, exhibit. Uh, exhibit is like not even the right word. It was a whole happening called See, Say, Do, where he, uh, artists connected with an expert voice and then created a piece of art. And that was like the very beginning of Art Change the World in 2018. And now um, Eric is still part of Art Change the World, but now more as, as his art end, which is as a producer. So I'm super happy to have him here. Good to see you, Eric. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me here. So, Eric, you've just produced a film, Tuscaloosa, 1972. Yes. What a, a time to pick to, to bring a, a story to life. Was there a reason that 72 
uh, brought uh, excitement to you because we had the Vietnam War protests, sure. racial tension. Yeah, you you're down in Alabama. Sure. Yeah, tell me about that. Well, all these, you know, all these are uh, very relevant issues, both in the book and, well, I guess it's based on a book called Tuscaloosa by Glasgow Phillips. And this is a book that came out in the 90s. And the director of the movie, Tuscaloosa, uh, that I was the executive producer on, is uh, the director is Phil Harder. And he's had this idea um, to get this movie made for years. And the, the stars kind of aligned in 2017. And the like he was talking to uh, actors and um, casting people and producers out in New York and LA and we were able to get good casting a good um, so it started with Tate Donovan he uh, signed on and he's a real established actor uh, recently he was in Man in the High Castle and then from there we got Natalia Dyer one of the actresses that was in Stranger Things so we are getting these uh, notable actors uh, who are signing on to the project and then Elsa YG is a rapper that was looking to do more acting. And since then, he has gone on to be a lot more popular as well. So we really lucked out on getting a great cast. Well, um, and the cinematography. Really bring this, yeah, yeah. The cinematography um, is just so cinem- absolutely magical. I mean, it just, you are drawn in um, from like the first 10 seconds of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and, and and like that was a real uh, effort to kind of get the old '70s style mm-hmm. of the sunburst through the trees mm-hmm. and real, real vivid colors. And Theo Stanley, our cinematographer, uh, did an incredible job. We actually won best cinematography at the Barcelona Planet Film Festival in Spain just these uh, just in October. Um, so, so it, it's really getting the attention of people and it, it, it looks beautiful on screen, which I think is great. And it has a story that people seem to be really resonating with. So it's been really exciting seeing that come to and, life. And best historical piece in Las Vegas. I mean, you, you know, having lived in the 70s and to have this is, is like a, an amazing flashback. Um, you capture mm-hmm. the racial tension that's you know was so sizzling, you know at that time, um, and the dilemma of this young man. He's falling in love with this young woman. Who is she crazy or isn't she crazy? A father who's really part of the whole white supremacy, and the towns mm-hmm. how how it's. Uh, Law and order of that town, and his, you know, his best friend getting involved in civil rights and and protesting. Um, it was it was a hot summer, nineteen seventy two. Right, right, and when we were making it too, uh, one of our kind of thoughts would be how far we have come as far as a lot of issues, and this would be something that you know. Uh, Parents or grandparents would sit down with their, uh, you know, kids or grandkids and watch and say, oh, that's how it was and, you know, like how things have changed. But unfortunately, uh, you know, we have not come as far uh, socially or as racially as uh, perhaps some people think. Uh, So we made the movie in Minnesota in 2017, 
and there are some uh, police conflicts and some arson in the movie that happened, uh, but uh, never did we think this was going to be going on in Minneapolis where we recorded. Uh, I mean, basically the whole movie was recorded in about 100 miles of Minneapolis. Isn't that just amazing? Uh, I think the farthest we went was the Lake Superior was a stand-in for... Uh, the Gulf of Mexico. So that was the farthest we traveled, but part of it was in Northfield and Carleton College, uh, and then a farm up in Anoka. And then the Riverside scene was actually just um, right in downtown Minneapolis, basically. It was on a riverbank, but if you turn the camera 90 degrees, it's a bunch of 40-story buildings. Uh Uh, But we just focused on the train track and the riverbank, and you wouldn't know that, uh, you wouldn't know otherwise. You think it's uh, some quiet stream out in Alabama. Well, it was, uh, I'm, I bet, an eerie almost foreshadowing uh, when you all realized how life unfolded, um, how life followed art. And, and they say that history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it certainly does rhyme. And there was a lot sure. of rhyming um, in looking back and then being in the midst of George Floyd. When did the film actually be ready to, to go into theaters? What, was that in March of this year? Yeah, well, so, like I said, we've been working on it since 2017, a years-long process. You know, finally got a distributor, finally got a date chosen. So March 13th, uh, we are lined up. We're going to be playing in 10 cities, including uh, L.A. and Beverly Hills. And I was out there for that. We were going to do the whole Hollywood premiere thing and the whole hoopla and bring out the actors and director and, you know, other people involved and you know it's the whole lot da <laughs> yeah it was a whole you know hoopla. we've been yeah. working up to this for years so we're gonna we're gonna go all out um and then this uh this is march 13th it was a friday it was full moon so i had some like we we're we we're coming up to this i was like i don't know something's gonna happen um <laughs> never gonna go that easy and then as it turned out it did not go that easy because the March 13th was the first day that L.A. County had the sort of social distance limiting your group size uh, orders put in. So we are trying to get 300 people out to a theater, and they said don't have more than 10 people in a place. Kind of takes so away from the hoopla. Kind of, <laughs> right. So that put a real stop to our promotion, and we are going to be going down to Austin, Texas for South by Southwest this big music technology movie festival and then uh, stopping at some of the cities where it was playing. And it was even at a film festival in New Jersey at the end of March. So it was going to be this whole cross country promotional thing. And Uh, I remember when Austin closed down and just said, Oh yeah, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're there in California. It's like, well, I guess we're not going to uh, Texas anymore. So then we decided to drive back. Uh, this is a whole road trip planned out. And we go through Las Vegas, and it was the last days that Las Vegas was open. Uh, me and my friends, we actually got the last drinks served at Caesar's Palace at the oh main gosh. bar. And they're like, 
We're shutting down. We're shutting down for good. <laughs> you could have we done a documentary on trying to just get the film out. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it, you, you know, it's such a production getting it to the theater and then getting it out of the theater is a whole whole other set of skills uh-huh. uh, in, in the production promotion side of things, you know. So we got all the, the worries of the which lenses look best and what do we have in the soundtrack. And now it's how do you find the audience and get them to actually watch the movie um, and hopefully like it and hopefully tell their friends. Um, so that's been the challenge that we've been working with since it came out in March. Um, but it's, it's just a bad time to promote during a pandemic. Everyone was a little, you know, a little traumatized those first few months mm-hmm. of not knowing what's going to happen. So it really, you know, our go watch my thing just seemed to be a little self-indulgent or lost in the mix of, you know, bigger issues going on. And then uh, at the end of May, the whole George incident, the protests and the riots and all this kind of tension going on again, trying to promote a movie, especially touching on so many of those topics, again, seemed like a real touchy but, issue. But, so in a way, but in a way, because we were needing to go inward and we were at home, more people were watching the Amazon Prime and Apple TV. You know, it may have been, you know, in some way providential that allowed um, to have a different kind of rollout that that really impacted people because the story, you know, has legs. It has people are watching. They've loved it. Uh, it's won awards. So there's been a power to, you know, not being traditional and in, in, in not and you didn't give up. I mean, there you are in Las Vegas taking the last drink. Um, to, f- <laughs> to find a way to have the story be heard. And and the more that I hear about uh, the film industry really looking at this model going, there's going to be something to this in the future. This There is uh, a power to releasing films this way as well as having it in the big theaters. Oh, for sure. And for us being such a small operation, like this was literally – uh, I mean, a lot of us have professional credentials as well, but we're all like the main producers. We're all from Minnesota, Minneapolis, and uh, it, so like that was the 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 core of our production crew. And again, is all filmed here. Um, so all these were 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 big issues, and then kind of connecting that with the audience and then bringing out the promotion and doing it in a unique way and really just focusing everything online was probably just as well for us because the amount of time and energy and money and all that put into driving across the country and glad-handing and all this um, just, uh, you know, on our small operation would be uh, would be fun, but is it, you know, like the best use of resources. Uh, whereas, like, with just being online, we can focus on that. And ironically, not not many other movies came out this year. Mm-hmm. And so that was also a way for us to get uh, get a lot of attention, especially at film festivals now. Well, um, wanna... So, so mm-hmm. despite all this, it created a unique lane for our really small independent production. Well, I really want to encourage our audience to watch the film. It is powerful. Um, You can connect uh, with Tuscaloosa on Facebook. You can also go to TuscaloosaMovie.com. 
Um, and when you watch the movie, I'm going to watch it on Amazon Prime, but it's also on Apple TV, Peacock, and Xfinity. After you watch the movie, and I know you're going to enjoy it, um, go to Ranker, that's R-A-N-K-E-R, and give Tuscaloosa an upvote for best movie because it very well may be a, a Minneapolis, Minnesota movie that gets to go to the Oscars and the Golden Globes and something that we could be very proud of. And I know we've mentioned some of the um, the awards that you got, but share the rest of the awards that, that you all were able to get with Tuscaloosa. Sure. So we got Best Feature Film. That's basically winning the festival, Best Movie of the Festival. And we won that at the Golden Gate Film Festival in uh, California, San Francisco. And then Houston, we also got Best Feature Film. Uh, Another uh, festival called the Thinking Hat Fiction Challenge actually happened in India, and we got Best Feature Film there. And then in Las Vegas, like you mentioned, we had Best Period Fit feature so uh you know based in 1972 uh like the historical fiction um so we uh we won those were best feature and then in barcelona spain we also won best cinematography and phil harder our director won best director of the festival so we've been really getting good attention we're also like you mentioned on ranker on a a number of different lists we are number one uh, overlooked movie of 2020. <laughs> we are also the number one drama of 2020. And like you mentioned, and are encouraging people to do, uh, to give us an upvote for best overall movie of 2020. And then we'd be number one on three of those lists. Uh, well, I, of, of which were on 14 of those ranker lists uh, in total, including mm-hmm. Best Southern Movie and a number of others. So, well, I'm just, uh, I'm just, yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm just thrilled People that we have a, a wonderful Minneapolis film that is doing so well. And the actors are, are um, spectacular. Uh, they... Uh, you are transfixed by them. And it, the story of a young man falling in love with someone in a mental institution that his father runs feels like it's looking at feminism, it's looking at civil rights, and it's looking at it through the eyes of someone who's challenged to know what to do. And I think very often we're in that position. What should we do? What are, our conf- uh, what are the conflicts? And what can we learn from? And I just really And, and let you. me just mention how great the actors were and how like they they really made everyone rise to the challenge you know it was like okay this is a serious movie this is a serious project like they all flew out here into anoka you know from hollywood and you know they're at a farm you know outside the twin cities and really um natalia dyer uh devin bostick the lead actor uh, like, like they both really set the bar high for everyone, which really, you know, once once everyone's in on the project, like, okay, all right, we we got something here. And a, a funny response I'd show uh, friends of the movie, they're like, oh, oh, you made a real movie. You yeah. Know, a lot of times yeah. <laughs> you tell your friends, oh, it I'm working on a movie. No, it, this isn't just any movie. It's, it, it is an amazing gift. And I want to thank you for the work that you did on it. And um, I'm just excited for your, the audience to be able to watch it. So again, check out Tuscaloosa. And when we come back, we're going to have another artist join us, Wenwen Manafred, and we'll learn more about the art that she's doing, especially during the pandemic. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, Lael. 
We'll be back just after a few short commercials, and you're listening to Connections Radio Show on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Radio show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and today we have been um, exploring art to change the world with some wonderful artists. And I have Lael McDill, who is the chair or co-chair of ACW Board. Lael, you have brought some wonderful artists for us to have a chance to get to know and learn about their art. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's coming up with Art to Change the World. Yeah, well, um, it's great timing because today is Small Business Saturday, so it's a great time to go and check out our um, swap, which is a stand with artists project that we have on our website, artschangetheworld.org. And that's where we have all kinds of art for sale, including even books and even like classes that you can get from, you know, straight from an artist. And all 100% goes to the artist, so it's a really great way to support a lot of small businesses just in one spot. And one of those artists is actually Win-Win Manford, who does amazing paintings, and you can actually get her work right there on our website. Win-Win, welcome. We're glad that you joined us today. Hi, hi, hi everyone. I'm Win-Win. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Win-Win, you do the most fanciful and imaginative art with children that I have fallen in love with. They're just um, imaginative and playful and joyful. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. You warm my heart. Uh, and you've gone from being a part-time artist to a full-time artist. Yeah, exactly. For- it's a, quite a big change for my work. Absolutely. So first, tell me about your art and what you like to paint and why you like to paint. And then we'll talk a little bit about how you're doing during this pandemic and, and how, you're, how you do your work has changed. Um, I really like to paint kids um, the indecent childhood. Um, I think all the kids give me the very pure feeling. And what I paint in them have story inside and how they care about the world, care about their animal friends, care about all the other friends as well. I want my artists can give people peaceful joy and then they can take a look at my art, help place to stay and take a break and think about themselves. When, um, I, when I've gone to your yeah. website, you know, there's such, such um, an amazing relationship the children have with animals. You've got this little girl hugging. It looks like a goose or a chicken. I'm not sure. And she's sharing um, her basket of cherries. 
And my favorite is the little girl that's hugging the back of a, a goldfish and she's going to sleep as the fish is merrily swimming along. I mean, these are just or, – or dancing in the stars or, or uh, sliding through these beautiful colors. They're, they're just all playful and dance-like and, um, and they each do tell a story. They each have a charm. Yeah, and I also write – actually, I write some story for some of my painting. And to me, I I create this art. At the same time, I'm I'm the viewer as well because I really love the art sitting in front of me when I I'm not happy or I have frustration moment. I look at them; it just calm myself down, uh-huh. and it, they can bring me inside and so peaceful. So tell me how it's been during the pandemic. How have you needed to promote yourself differently or different kind of way of doing business? Yeah, it is. Like now I'm a full-time artist. Before I am graphic designer and like I don't need to worry about anything, any plan in the future. But now I have to plan everything by myself. In during this pandemic, I can't go out to meet other artists and go to the exhibition to explain and promote myself in person. But now I have to do it like open an online shop in SE and then promote myself into Instagram. And there's so much competitor in Instagram. How sure. to you tell a real like to tell a story to attract people's eyes and let them interested in your art. That's very new and difficult. I'm still learning as well. Well, well we want to help you today by giving out your website, which is when when it's W-E-N-W-E-N-L-I-A-O.art. That's whenwenliao.art. And that's the same for going uh, to Instagram. Check out whenwenliao, L-I-A-O.art. And, 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 Get that sense of calm and peace and fancy and uh, imagination that she shares. Uh, we want to highly encourage you to look at Wenwen Manfred's art. And um, Lael, tell us you know, a little bit about, we've got a minute left here, about what we should be thinking about for ACW and making sure we get that swap going. Yeah, yeah. So you can check out at um, arttochangetheworld.org. You'll see right when you go to the website the link to our swap page, which will include everything from sculpture to painting to cards. Like, and, and it's a and magnet. I mean, you've got a full range of prices, not just you know six hundred seven hundred dollar paintings. There's you know thirty dollars and you know fifteen dollars. It's all there, so you can support artists without a lot of money. And, and that and that's you know, art give to. A gift. And that's arttochangetheworld.org? That's right. Yep. Terrific. Thank you both for being with us today. Lael, thank you for co-hosting and yeah. inviting such wonderful artists. Um, yeah. Be sure to go and buy art for your holidays. Um, it's a wonderful way to, to support artists in our community. Thanks so much and have a great week. Mm-hmm.